to the ready. Amen. 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 We are continuing our series on the Christian worker and the spirit of worry and anxiety. The Christian worker and the spirit of worry and anxiety. I've seen people get so worried and I begin to ask them about the foundation of their faith. People get worried when their faith foundation is not very solid. That's why we decided to embark on these teachings. The Word of God is full of everything. There's nothing you will look for in God's Word that you will not see. It's full of every counsel for the mature believer. Full of every counsel for the person that wants to follow after God. You see, the Bible is full of instruction for anyone that wants to know God fully. The instructions are full and they are sound. I'm talking about the Christian worker, the spirit of worry and anxiety. Last week, I talked about the root cause of worry and anxiety. One, I said worry caused by the fear of the future. The disciples of Christ, they asked Jesus one time, they said, we have left everything to follow you, what will be our reward? Fear is false evidence appearing real. Another thing that causes fear is worry caused by the achievement of others. Worry caused by the achievement of others. The achievement of others is going to cause worry. Psalm 73 verse 2. The psalmist said, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, I became worried. Then God took me to the temple and showed me their end. That their end is not always good. Then I became happy again. Number three. Worry caused by lack of contentment and confidence in God. Lack of contentment is not being satisfied with what the Lord has done. Not being satisfied with what the Lord has done. Not being satisfied with the things the Lord has done. It's another reason why you know, people get worried. Worry caused by lack of contentment. Worry also caused by lack of confidence in God. Sometimes people lose their confidence in God and they begin to worry. So lack of confidence in God is going to show us, it's going to open us to worry. Worry caused by, you know, lack of contentment and also lack of confidence in God. You see, what are the consequences of worry and anxiety? If we're always worried, what will be the consequence? Every action, every inaction have their consequences. That's the truth. Every action, every inaction have their consequences. What is the consequences of worry and anxiety? Number one, it magnifies the problem. When you are worried, the thing could be a little thing worrying you. But because you are worried, it will magnify the problem. The problem will be magnified. The problem will be lifted so high just because you are worried. When you are worried, your problem becomes magnified. Things become magnified around you because of the spirit of worry. Worry spirit is a strong spirit that holds you down. It magnifies our problem. Number two, worry produces fear. When you are having worry, you'll be afraid. You'll be afraid of everything. A pastor told me a story. He said, he gave a printer a job. And the printer, he said that was when they were beginning the ministry lately. He said the printer did the job and brought the job 
and he told the printer that you will get his money the next day. He said the next day the printer came, the program they did really failed. So people were not there. He said, so the man came and told the man, you see the program, people didn't come, so come back tomorrow. The printer now said, well, not tomorrow, I'm going to get you arrested for my money. He said, the printer left. He said, the next day, there was a man who was on uniform, you know, who came into the service to join them. The man came in, sat down. He said, he thought it was the policeman that the printer sent to come and arrest them. He said, whenever the man wants to stand up, you tell the man, <laughs> sit down. But the man wants to go and urinate. He wants to go and urinate. He said, so throughout that program, he was feeling, so when the program ended, he saw the man about to go. He now said, come, how did you come to the service? He said, he was just passing. And so there's a church here. He decided to come in to fellowship with them. He said, so he has worried himself throughout the message where really there was no problem. So what, what does fear do? Fear produces, I mean, anxiety produces fear. Number three, anxiety and worry borrows the burdens of tomorrow and add to the burdens of today. If you're having worry, there are things you don't worry about. Because you see, worry is carrying a tomorrow's luggage on a today's journey. That is what worry is. Worry simply means carrying a tomorrow's luggage on a today's journey. When you are worried, what are you supposed to be worried about? You get worried about them. You get so worried about them. There's a woman. There's a woman who's, she has two children. One of them, you know, uh, sells umbrella. And the other one, you know, uh, sells um, water. So when it's cold, you'll be worried that the one that is selling water, people will not buy. Because if the weather is very cold, people will not be tested. So, and when, you know, when it gets very, very cold again, she will still be worried that there's no sun. The one selling umbrella will not sell. So, she just got so worried over something until she developed blood pressure. And the truth is that later, when the children come, we ask them, how was the market? They said they sold. You know, in spite of whatever, they sold. But she was worried about something she should not be worried about. Worry disturbs our peace and destroys our faith. Worry disturbs our peace. Worry destroys our faith. That's what worry does. Worry will destroy our peace. Worry will destroy our faith. That's what worry does. So we need to make sure the Christian worker don't give room for worry. Worry makes you live in suspicion of friends. Friends soon become enemies because of worry. When somebody is worried and is under anxiety, he can be passing on the road. People may be discussing on that road before. And they begin to laugh and they will say, Ah, they are laughing at me. And the truth is that they were already discussing and before you even showed your face there. But that's what worry does. Worry gives you issues that are not even there. So worry cancels the life of prayer. Anybody that is worried cannot pray. That's the truth. You know, a song says, Why worry when you can pray? Why worry when you can pray? Take everything to Jesus. And he's going to take your worry. He said, Why worry when you can pray? He said, Why worry? Take that burden to Jesus and let him take care of the body. Who knows that song? Who knows that song here? Why worry? Can pray. Why worry? When you can pray, why worry? 
So he said, when you can pray, why are you worried? He said, throw those burdens and take them to Jesus. And Jesus will help you carry the burden. Because when you worry, in fact, Christ said in Matthew 6, that who of you by worrying can add to your height? Just one cubit. One cubit to your height. He said, you can't add any cubit to your height. Instead, you begin to go down. Because you're worried. So worry is strong. So you see, worry anticipates problem that is already taken care of by God's promises. None of these people worry about God's promises are taking care of them. There are over 5,000 promises in the Bible, but people don't go to these promises and activate them. They don't lay hold on these promises and let it work in their life. They don't follow these promises over their destiny. They don't allow these promises to work in their life. So what are we saying? We say worry, you know, makes us cancel a life of prayer. Number seven, worry anticipates problem that is already taken up by God's promises. Number eight, worry brutes on things that would never even be a blessing. That would even be a blessing. Worry, you know, cancels things that would even be a blessing. A lady told me, she's, she's a security guard in the bank, and he said the manager always give her names of people, names of people that you can allow to come in. Then this day, she allowed somebody come in, and that person she allowed to come in, you know, is a person the manager knows before. He didn't know they were quarreling. He allowed the person to come in, the manager issued a query, and just sacked her. She didn't issue a query, no, just sacked her. So she came and was asking me, what would she do now? That does she need to go back and plead, you know, with the manager, because the manager, that person's name is not among the list. They gave her, I said, no, the Lord is saying to you, you just begin to walk to move forward. That God is saying already spiritually, you know, the timing of your job there have expired. If not, they will not sack you over something you didn't do wrong. So just allow God to take control. We give her a prayer, she started doing. So she was at home. So one of the organizations was passing by her house and saw her window open on a working day. So the person said, ah, why would this person be home? Maybe she's sick. Maybe something's wrong. The person drove in. And knocked door, knocked door, knocked door. He saw her. And he now asked her, you didn't go to work? He said, no, they sacked They sacked me. The person said, okay, come into the car. Let me take you to our office. We are looking for somebody, you know, that would assist in pumping in the fuel, in the fuel pump area. So she got there, she began that job, and she started. And she now saw that, you know, it's a time of elevation for her. Something we worry about, a problem that may even bring a blessing. There are some problems that are meant to bring us a blessing. But we don't know that that problem is meant to bring us a blessing. So we begin to worry over something that's even meant to be a blessing to us. Worry, you know, make us live as if we have no God. Those who worry, many times, make you look as if you have no God. You have no God you can cry to. You have no God you can speak to. You have no God that you can tell your problems. Worry torture us on things that may not even happen. Many times things we worry about don't even happen. We just begin to worry about them. It may not even happen. Because cause worry. You know, worry or put us from where God has planted us. When people get the worry, they move from where God has planted them or move to where God did not even want them to be. They move from where God has planted them because of worry. Worry creates that problem. Worry allows them to enter into the midst of that problem and they compound their problem. So what is the answer to worry? What can we do to stop worry? Number one, we need confidence in God. If you want to stop worrying, develop your confidence in God. Let's see Matthew 6, 
26. Let's go there. Matthew 6, 26. Have your confidence in God. Nobody have confidence in God. And the person will be worried. No. You always take the problem to God. And say, God, help me. Help me solve this problem. Help me do this thing. Let your will be done. Let your will be answered. Let's read the place if you're there. Matthew 6, 26. Matthew 6, 26. Before you read, what are people worried about? The clothes, the food, and the house. Somebody called me last week and said he couldn't be in church on Sunday because his clothes were not ironed. I said, so you can see the simple thing that kept you away from the presence of God. He said his clothes wasn't ironed. That was why he could not come. Another person said, oh, I, I could not come because I had no offering to give. And I now asked him, I said, since you've been coming to the church, and then by the time you have been asked, it's by force you are going to give. You know? So I said, you belong to a ministry where we don't force people to do anything. I said, we don't force people to do anything. We said, if it's confident for you, you know, you do it. If it's confident for you, you do it. Um, we're among very few of the churches, you know, that take one or two offerings on Sunday. You go to other places, they take several offerings, you know, on just one Sunday. I said, but we're among the very few, very, very few, that will take one or even two offerings on a Sunday. I said, because our dependency is on the Lord. I want people to give from their heart. We want people to give according to the rulings of God. So we now say, ah, that he was just having that feeling. That was why, you know, he couldn't. I said, and another thing about your offering is that you have from Monday to Saturday to keep your offering. You have, you know, you have from, I said, within Saturday, Monday and Saturday, you didn't eat. He said, yeah, so if you have kept one of those, your meal, one of those food. I said, okay, this afternoon food money, I'll use it to offer it. Ah, he said, he said, Daddy, you are saying the truth. I said, yeah, you missed something. When you say you have no offering, you cannot make sacrifice. Say, this is my eating. I will eat this afternoon. I will keep it for Sunday. So that when Sunday comes, I will use it for offering. I now say, I, I really learned something here. So what am I saying? So you need confidence in God. Can you do that, please? Matthew 6, 26. Matthew 6, 26. Can you read? Matthew 6, 26. Matthew 6, 26. Are you there? Matthew 6, 26. Christ was speaking about, you know, what people worry about. They worry about clothing, food, where to live. Matthew 6, 26. Yes. It says, Behold, you fall of the earth, mm -hmm. for they fall not. That's right. They are not buried, not gathered into life. That's right. Yes, your heavenly father feeds them. Mm -hmm. Are they not much better than they? That's right. Continue. Which of you, by taking thought, can ask you what could be done to your That's right. Continue. As I say here for many men, consider the leaves of the field and how they yes. mm -hmm. they sign of neither the death. Mm. And yet I say unto you, yeah. that even Solomon in all his glory yes. was not arrayed like one of Stop there. He said, look at the flowers. Look at how beautiful they are. So Solomon that was so rich doesn't have a dress that is as good as the flowers. He said, because you see the flowers and their beauty, these flowers, they don't do anything, and they are okay. So he said, God can take care of the beds of the air. He can also take care of you. He can do everything for you. What do people worry about? Their clothes, their food, the place to live in. The living is stable in all conditions. Let's see Luke 12, 22. Let's go there. Luke 12, 22. Luke 12, 22. 
Luke 12, 22. Can we get there? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. One. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And drink, yeah. And because this is not a random. Remember, continue, continue. Consider the rating. Mm-hmm. For it neither to nourish. Mm-hmm. Which neither has fair out of man. That's right. Because there, there. Mm-hmm. How much are you better than there? Mm. Stop there. So these are counsels from God's word. Well, let's quickly go on this last finally on people who refuse to worry in the Bible. Number one, Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter six, verse nine. Can you read? Nehemiah 6, 9. Nehemiah. He refused to worry. He had enemies around him. Tobias and Sambalat. Tobias and Sambalat. Chapter 6, verse 9. Nehemiah 6, 9. Nehemiah refused. Continue. Where in was written, mm-hmm. he reported around the gate. That's right. And that school said that thou didn't refuse the girl. For which part thou didn't refuse the girl. And thou didn't Stop there. Nehemiah was not disturbed by what people are saying. He wasn't disturbed by people's enemies' antics. Tobias and Sambalat, his enemies, they said this wall is building. If a rat pass by the wall, it will fall. You know, it will fall. They were enemies. Don't listen to what enemies say. David, too, when he lost Ziglag, David had confidence in the Lord. David had confidence in the Lord. He was not worried. Number three, Anna. Anna was childless for so long. She put her confidence in the Lord. She was always going to Shiloh. She was always in Shiloh. She was in Shiloh for almost 10 years before one day. People don't understand the ways of God. He has been coming to Shiloh every year, every year. Shiloh is annual. <clears throat> but that year she came to Shiloh and she came before everybody. And she was praying. The prophet saw her and said, Are you have you drunk it again with the kind of drink you normally drink? He said, No, I don't even drink before. And all the time you are seeing me, I'm just pouring my heart to God. I am not, I am I am not drunk. I have come to pour my heart to God. That was how God answered the prayer of Anna. Anna made a vow. People don't understand the power of vows. And there's one thing about the power of vows. The power of vows is that when you make a vow, even though the vow is not convenient, you fulfill the vow. Then you see how God will treat you. Next, if you make a vow once to God, get me out of this trouble. This is what I will do. And he got you out of the trouble. You didn't do it. The next time you make a vow again, God will not honor it. God will call it the vow of fools. It's like chapter 5. Ecclesiastes 5. The vow of fools. There is the vow of fools. So the next one, another person that made it, that, that, that refused to worry was Job. Job was very rich. Very rich, but he lost everything. But he did not lose his confidence in God. In fact, of all the losses he had, he had children, many of them died. You know, he had possessions, he had cattle, he lost everything. And in fact, Job became a person that now sits on the road. Sits on the road 
with sauce all over his body. He was the richest man in the whole East. And if you know about the East at that time, the East have a lot of rich men. For John to be one of the richest in the East, he was really very rich. Very, very rich. I want you to stand up right now as you pray. Let's stand up and pray. Can you rise up in that prayer? You say, I refuse to be a candidate of worry. I refuse to be a candidate of worry. In the name of Jesus.